Okay, hi, I'm James, and I'm slowly becoming an adult. It's good to see all your faces. Um, let's see. Yeah, I want to invite everybody. If it doesn't call you, that's fine. Just to take a breath for a moment. And if you're here, that's okay. Took me a while to get here. And um, you know, feel my heart and feel my life. Um, it's taken me a long time just to, you know, feel like I exist, deserve to be here. Um, I, uh, where I come from is, it was, it was very difficult. Um, it was very hard. And it, it was just, it was the trauma. It was a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of fear. And in that trauma, I, I was like encased in it and I didn't really have a sense of self. And I operated um, um, in a lot of ways that was very unskillful, but very skillful in a way because it got me through it. And um, early in my life, uh, uh, I, I learned how to um, protect myself and to feel okay in moments where um, um, there could be a lot of feelings there. And the primary emotion I think is fear and shame. And, and all that fear and shame, um, I really learned how to do things that aren't me at all. And so at 27, I walked by a room of ACA in Houston, Texas, had about 90 people in there and they were in a circle. Um, that was like 14 years ago and they were playing beach ball and I was living very unskillfully the best I could, you know? And there was something, there was, a, there was some nice people in there and they smiled and uh, were very kind to me. And they gave me a red book and I kept that red book. I would get a new car and put it in the trunk of my new car for years and years and years. And I'd go to ACA meetings um, now and again. And I opened it up a few times and it scared me to pieces. Um, you know, and some of the unskillful living, I just really learned how to medicate myself. And I was really hard on myself about that. Um, you know, work, relationships, substances, money, food. I didn't, I didn't know how to live. And it's like when I, I remember a moment I really got in touch with my body. It's like this voice came to me and said, you don't know how to live, you know? And I'm like 39, 40 years old. I'm 41. This, this was like last year. And um, it's like, you you don't know how to live because you don't know how to breathe. And it's just all the trauma. That's all it is. It's just all the trauma. And you can't have relationships because you hate your mother. 
And how, how could it be any other way? She hated you. Oh, no, wait, she didn't hate you. She acted as if she hated you. Oh, wait, no, she actually did hate you. But the hate was put there from a long time ago. And it's like, I finally understood her, what she went through. And my father was nowhere. Nowhere. And I understood all the hate all of a sudden. And I understood all the fear. And my nervous system was just lit up like the 4th of July. Largely unaware, you know? And it's like I need connection, but everyone's a threat. So I'm trying to have jobs and I'm trying to have relationships. And I'm wondering why nothing good happens in the world for me. And it's just all the trauma, you know? And I did things for people because I thought that that's what they needed. And I didn't even know what my own needs were because of all the fear and all the trauma and trying to get people to see me a certain way. And in all that fear and all that trauma, um, I hit my ACA bottom. And it was like three years ago, two and a half years ago. And after kind of coming in and out of ACA, it's like, how could it be any other way? Um, my sponsors, my other programs said, oh my, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt real bad. And um, I let a lot of things go. And I went to an ACA meeting here in Silver Lake. And it wasn't a lot like the one in Houston. Um, It was a lot of what I grew up with. And I felt scared. And there was a group of six people who had been searching for years to find some people who went through the steps. And so we started a private group and started going through the steps, especially when the pandemic hit. I had a family. It felt like a family. So that was the tool was creating the fellowship that I craved because I needed it. I was, I I tried a lot of things, uh, trauma therapies and things like that, very helpful. And it's like all these things that I started bumping into with these fellow travelers, we unearthed a lot of things and I was, resources were provided. They told me their experiences and out of this group in Silver Lake started emerging like, you know, people that I actually had met, had met that had finished and they introduced me uh, to this reparenting stuff about two years ago. And I started spending time, you know, with this little guy. And it was like, I didn't even know who, you can see all the dissociation and you can see the joy, you know? And I didn't even know how I was feeling half the time, you know? So I started spending time in the morning with that child and all of a sudden people started behaving well and I didn't have to project my issues onto them and try to control them and be so angry at all these people and afraid of them. And it's like I started to learn how to breathe again. And, um, you know, feel my heart and, and feel the sadness and feel the, the rage and 
the healthy aggression and the, the shame. I think the shame was probably the biggest thing. There was a moment in my meditation, you know, things were quiet. And then all of a sudden, like, I felt in my trauma therapy and in my meditation, this child, you know, once I felt all the shame, I thought, oh, this is going to be really hard. And it was like, I, I looked down, there was like a child and it was like, he's been trying to keep me safe from all this by being enmeshed in the front of my consciousness, you know, trying to have a corporate job, trying to have partners, trying to have money. And I didn't know that it was exhausting for him to run that life and for me to experience the shame around the, the fact that he was doing it. And he felt so bad about what happened to him. And he's been trying to hide it from everybody. It was, um, oh. But now it's like, I, I don't know, I walk into the room as an adult, it's like, yeah, I don't have to try to dominate everything. I can walk in and say, oh God, you know, I'm really ashamed of what happened to me. I don't have to hide that. And I can breathe and say it's okay to not hide all that anymore. It's okay to, to, to feel that and to say, you know, it's not happening anymore, sweetheart. It's not happening anymore. You're okay. You know, so it's like I, I, I hold him in my mind's eye and in my consciousness a lot of times. And my nervous system just calms down. And man, whack-a-mole in recovery has just been like, before the trauma, it's just been like, you know, um, everything. Just my mouth. It's like that arrested stage of oral development. Just put everything in my mouth, you know? And how could it be any other way? Thanks, TD. I see that. And it, I think acceptance and loving myself through that and the codependent relationships and saying, okay, it's okay if you're not ready to, um, to really find out what you need or what you want. It's okay to lose yourself in people. How could it be any other way? I know you're not ready to let me as the adults step in all the way. And when you're ready, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere, you know? And just have that amount of patience to realize even what's, what's happening. Because I don't think I'm aware a lot of times that I see everyone as a threat, but I'm so hungry and lonely. And, um, oh, you know, meetings have been family to me in that way. I found the fellowship even if it was very small during the pandemic, we had this little nook of our universe that we were sharing everything. And I told them the six, it was three women, three men. And it's like, God, things I never told anybody before because they thought I just didn't have a right to be here or feel loved or feel understood. And, and the steps were great at, identifying the exact nature of my abandonment. You know, Tony A. Steps have been brilliant for that. And I've worked with a very good trauma therapist and my fellow travelers. And now we're starting the reparenting guide. And I do 
you know, the reparenting work, um, I try to do it every day. And um, it's like I have patience now for things. And something that has been pretty awesome is like I, I, I was doing a self-care activity and I came out of this place and there was like a toy shop. And it's like, for some reason, I just walked into that freaking toy shop and that child was like, there, that's it. That's what I want. And I said, okay, <laughs> how wonderful. And I took it home and we lost a piece. And there's part of me that would either give up as an adult child that's enmeshed. And then there's a part of me that would, you know, break into someone's home and try to find, see if they had a missing piece for me or something, you know, like not a lot of patience as an adult child. And it's like, I slowed it down. I said, you know, sweetheart, it's okay. Like we can go on lego.com and we can order the 15 cent piece and we can go a month. And it was two months. And then it came and it's like the night I got back from Italy there wasn't a mailbox and I went in and I was, and I sat there and I said, we're jet lagged, but I know you've been waiting a long time to finish this. And I sat down and I kept the promise, you know, I, I finished it. And that right there, like allows me to be human again and to connect with everybody and the trauma and the hate, you know, it's not there. It's like, I'm, you know, it's like, I can love humans and like, you know, uh, you know, use things for what they're intended for and um, be present in my life. So um, I would love to hear what you all have to say. And I'm going to wrap it there early because I'm just I'm having a lot of feelings right now. And uh, the primary emotion lately has been repressed rage and just, you know, there's some more sadness in here. So I'm just going to stay with that. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jonathan.